I delivered a really nice piece of furniture to a client this week. Uh, he's a, a, a professional guy, it was for his office. Um, a bookcase, custom designed bookcase made from Tasmanian oak. And it was highlighted, uh, Tasmanian oak's a light coloured timber for those of you who don't live making furniture like I do. And it was highlighted with, uh, uh, with Brazilian mahogany in a, in a couple of the, um, uh, the bits of detail, which is a beautiful chocolate brown colour. Um, and I had a little of the Brazilian mahogany, which is really hard timber to get. Um, I had a little bit of it left over. And so I had a pen made for the client. Um, and he was so excited uh, when he got this pen, this uh, beautiful, unique, custom pen. Um, he liked the bookcase too, but do you know what he was talking about when I left him? The pen. It was bizarre. Like I've given him this, uh, this gorgeous uh, bookcase, but he was so excited to get this pen. He was so excited to get this unique little gift that he didn't expect. He expected the bookcase, but he didn't expect the pen. And in that little story, um, it just reminded me, there's something about generosity, isn't there, that blows us away. There's, there's something about receiving something that we didn't expect. There's something about receiving something that is a little bit extra. There's something about receiving something that is a little bit more than we expected that always does something inside us. The bookcase was what this guy expected, but when he got something sort of on top of that, something extra, even though it was tiny by comparison, something that he didn't expect, that was the thing that left him really excited. That was the thing that left him with a big smile on his face as I left. We're in a series that we're calling On Purpose. Um, we're looking at where we're going as a church, what kind of people that we want to be as a church. We talked about our destination. Uh, the kind of uh, church that we want to be. Um, and we've summarised that destination. I say this every week, but I will continue to. We've, summar we've summarised that destination by saying that we want to be a people who are devoted to Jesus, living our lives following Jesus' example and teaching wherever we are, no matter the cost. We said that's our destination, and this is how we're going to get there. Um, we've talked about we'll provide an opportunity for people to experience Jesus through worship, communion and community. We'll focus on clear, practical Bible teaching and we'll empower people to serve our local community and to serve the world. And we've, we did that in the first, all that in the first couple of weeks and we're spending the rest of our time taking a, a deep dive, if you like, into what kind of people do we want to be along the way? Because we've said, and we always say that, that the church isn't a building, the church isn't an organisation or a place, the church is the people. And so to say that this is the kind of church that we want to be is really saying these are the kind of people that we want to be. Um, so when we say this is what Tide's about, it's really about saying what kind of people do we want to be? Um, you know, how do we want to live? How do we want to speak? How do we want to act? Who do we want to be? And so that's what we've been talking about. We, uh, we've talked about our desire to be people who love people, all people, no matter the person. We talked last week, uh, we focused on grace and being a people that are full of grace, that are experiencing the grace of God and then passing that grace on to other people. And this week, I want us to jump into one of what I think must be one of the most disturbing moments and stories in the life of Jesus. 
This is, it's a very short story, but this is a story that might make you, often makes Christians and people who listen to it squirm a little bit. It's a story that often makes people a little bit nervous and a little bit uncomfortable. And to be honest, it's a story that Christians don't often talk about. Yet this is a story that profoundly shaped the early church. This is a story that profoundly shaped the lives of the people who heard it. And I believe is a story that should still be profoundly shaping the lives of followers of Jesus today. So if you've got a Bible, open it to Mark chapter 12. And we're going to jump right in. Mark chapter 12. And we're going to be right at the end of Mark, um, uh, beginning in verse, uh, beginning reading in verse 41. So Mark 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to them, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others, because they gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, the Jewish temple, uh, where, where this story takes place, the Jewish temple was a huge place. There was a big building in the middle of the temple, but around the temple were these huge sprawling courts, these open air courts. And people used to meet in those courts for all kinds of things. They would meet in those courts uh, to worship. They would meet in those courts to pray. Uh, they would meet there uh, to listen to teaching, you know, in various corners. There would be people teaching and unpacking scriptures. They would meet there to discuss spiritual things. But people also came into the courts to give. And this story happens one day that Jesus is sitting in the courts. His disciples are, uh, it sounds like, loosely around him. And he's sitting in a place where he can see uh, what they call the treasury box. He can see the box where people are coming to put their offerings. And he sees a bunch of uh, wealthy people come and they're putting in large amounts. And the story doesn't exactly say it, but the, uh, the kind of the insinuation here is that they're probably making a bit of a noise about it. You know, they're probably rattling, uh, rattling the bag of money on the way in. You know, probably pouring it in going, well, my arms are so sore, you know, carrying all this money. What a generous guy am I. Exactly, yeah, it's that sort of, oh, oh, can someone give me a hand with my offering? And then he sees a poor woman. A poor woman put in two small coins. The, the, the Greek word that is, that is translated as two small coins is the word lepta. And they were literally the, the smallest denomination of Roman coin that there was. For us, it'd be like saying she put in two five-cent coins. And Jesus calls his disciples around him. And he says, did you see that woman put in 10 cents? They go, yeah, yeah. You know, so what? 
And then Jesus drops this bomb. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury, more into the treasury than all the others. Not just the guy before or the guy before or the guy all the others. Because they gave out of her wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. That is totally not what the disciples expected him to say. It's totally not what anyone expected him to say in that moment. It's not what I expected him to say in that moment. I mean, I expected him to call the disciples together and say, did you see how much money that last guy put in? Wow. What, what, you know, how lucky are we to have that guy putting into the treasury? We're going to be able to do a lot with that big amount of money. Jesus doesn't actually mention uh, the amount offered. He doesn't actually mention anything uh, about what's offered by the rich people. But he looks at this woman's offering, which was way smaller than anything offered before. I mean, it could have been a thousand times smaller, you know, at, at just 10 cents, it could have been a thousand times smaller than someone put in just before. And I mean, it's such a small amount that it really doesn't make any difference. A bit like today, if someone gave you 10 cents, you'd say, well, I can't actually do anything with that. I mean, thank you, but it's, do you know what I mean? It, it's worthless. There's nothing you could do in the treasury with just those two coins. And Jesus said, she gave more. Because they gave out of their wealth. Some translations actually say they gave out of their surplus. So they gave out of their excess. She gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. They had a lot and they gave some. She had a little, but she gave everything. They gave above their comfort line. You know that comfort line? We've all got that line. You know that line in your own life? We don't like to talk about this, but we've all, we've all got this line. We've all got this line that we've decided, uh, below that line is everything I need. Right? This, below, the line, there, below the line are the things I can't do without, I won't do without. And then above that, that's the excess or the surplus. That, that, that's what I do extra things with. He gave out of what was above the line. She gave out of what was below the line. She gave sacrificially from all that she had to live on. And with these few words, with these few words, Jesus redefines generosity forever. Jesus says in that, in that moment that generosity isn't about the actual amount you give, but about what that amount means to you. But it's more than that. And this is the part that makes people squirm a little. What Jesus is really saying is that generosity is a matter of trust. Let me try and explain what I mean by that. Because you see, Jesus' listeners understood something about God that we often miss. Because Jesus' listeners understood that God was a generous and an abundant God. Jesus' listeners had a, had a picture of God as a generous and an abundant 
and a giving God. And that's a picture for them that goes way back to the very beginning of the scriptures, the very beginning of the Bible. You see, when we read the first uh, couple of chapters of the Bible, literally when you open the first page of the Bible, we read what most people call the, the creation account. You know, that story where, where, where God creates things. And, and, and we can read that and we start arguing about, you know, is it science or is it a story and all that sort of business. But when Jesus' listeners read that story, for them, that was a story about an abundant and a generous God. You see, they read that God created all kinds of plants. He created trees full of fruit. He created waters that the text says were, were teeming with living creatures. There were birds in the sky. Genesis 1.22 says, God blessed them, all those animals, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. God creates people, the first people. And in Genesis 1.28 says that God blessed them, the first people, Adam and Eve. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Then God said, behold, I have given you, I've given you every seed bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed, they will be yours for food. Can you hear the language of abundance and generosity in that? Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. I've given you everything. They will be yours. Remember, these are people who live without online shopping and supermarkets, right? So, so it's easy for us to think about birds and fish and trees and we just think about it's something nice to look at. But for them, this is what they ate. This is what they lived on. So when you talk about God providing you know, uh, fish in the sea and, and, and birds in the air and fruit on the trees, they're talking about God sustaining their literal lives. They're talking about who God who's not just giving them a little snack or a little something, but God who is just abundantly providing for them. This is the picture of God that they grew up with. And understanding the generosity and the abundance of God is what gives a person the ability to trust God. It's what gives a person the ability to be generous. I mean, imagine I have a bag of lollies. Imagine I have a bag of lollies and I, and I ask you, how likely am I to be generous with this bag of lollies and hand them out? And you could answer that in a whole bunch of ways. But one of the ways that, that you would probably answer that question is you would say, how many lollies do you have in the bag? Or how big is your bag of lollies? Because if I tell you it's a big bag and there's a lot in it, I'm more likely to be generous, aren't I? Because I've got heaps of... If I tell you it's a small bag and there's only a few, I'm far more likely to keep that to myself because I've only got a few. If I tell you that not only have I got a big bag of lollies, but actually I've got another bag of lollies back here and another... In fact, I've got an endless supply of lollies. Other than a significant problem with diabetes, <laughs> if I've got an endless supply of lollies, you would, you would likely think that I'm likely to be far more generous with those lollies, aren't I? Because I've got an endless supply. I would say, sure, you, in fact, you can have as many as you like because there's always more where that came from. 
And so Jesus is pointing to this woman and he's saying, she gave more in the eyes of God than the rich person because she was willing to give away everything she had. She understood the implication of what Jesus is pointing to is she understood how generous and how abundant God was because she was willing to trust God and give away everything, believing that God would provide and that she would somehow still be okay, even though she'd given away everything she had. Are you following me? Our generosity is a matter of trust. And these few words of Jesus deeply impacted the disciples who heard it. In fact, this way of living, this kind of crazy generosity became a way of life for those people who heard it, for those early disciples. It became a way of life not just for them, but for the early church that they started. About 30 years after this event, uh, the Apostle Paul, who was one of the leaders in the early church, he writes a letter to the church in Corinth. Listen to what he says to them. This is uh, in 2 Corinthians verse 8. Paul writes, We want you to know about the grace, excuse me, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So he's writing to the church in Corinth, but he's telling them about another group of churches in another area. He's saying, We want to tell you about the grace, uh, there's a word of abundance right there, isn't there? About the grace that God's given these other churches. In the, listen to this. In the midst of a, this is the Macedonian churches, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify, I'm telling you the truth here, that they gave as much as they were able and they gave even beyond their ability. Paul talks about extreme poverty welling up in rich generosity. Where have we heard those two ideas linked together before? Poverty and generosity. They gave as much as they were able and they gave even beyond their ability. Can you see the links? Paul's talking about a kind of life, a kind of living, exactly the same way that Jesus talked about the gift of this woman in the temple 30 years ago. This kind of radical generosity became a part of the way that the first church lived, a part of the way that the first Christians lived. And this kind of generosity only comes from trusting God. It only comes from trusting that God is generous, that he's abundant, and that he will supply for us all we need. It only becomes from believing that there is an endless supply behind us, that we can freely give away everything we've got in our hands because there's more coming. Because God is abundant. What I hold in my hands is not everything. I don't need to grip this tight. I can give it away. Because standing behind me is an abundant and generous God who always has more. When people trust God, When people believe that God is generous and abundant, it gives them the freedom to live their own lives of generosity and abundance toward people around them. 
It gives them the freedom uh, to give more than just their surplus, more than above the line. It gives them the freedom to give away everything. It gives them the freedom to give away below the line. Sometimes we might say to give sacrificially. In other words, to give in a way that it, it hurts because they believe that God is abundant and generous and he will provide more. That kind of generosity was a core part of the early church. And we want it to be a core part of this church. We're talking about an, an attitude or a mindset of generosity. Okay, We're not talking about the, the exact amount that anyone gives. We're talking about a mindset of generosity. We're talking about living as individuals and as a community with an attitude an attitude of generosity that affects everything we do. Because this, let me be clear, this kind of generosity, this isn't just about money. Right? This isn't just about giving to the church. This isn't just about money at all. This is about being generous with our time. This is about having time to help someone out. Not just your best friends and, and you know, your parents, but having time to help out a stranger. This is about a generosity that allows people to live in the moment. Not, not rushing and, and always being stressed that there's never enough time. This is about a kind of generosity that, that loses the word busy from our vocabularies. Hasn't that become the, isn't that the word of our generation? How are you? Busy. This is about a generosity that loses the word busy in a way that allows us to become fully present in the moment and in the people that we're with right then. This is about being generous with our time. It's about being generous with our attention. It's about listening to people, really listening to people. You know, not that kind of listening that says, I'm just going to wait until you stop talking so that I can say what I want to say. But a kind of generosity that really listens to people. This is about a kind of generosity that, and this is hard for some of us, a kind of generosity that will put our phones away so that we can be truly with the people and truly in the moment that we're in there. It's about being generous with our time. It's about being generous with our attention. But it is also about being generous with our resources, with our money and our stuff. It's about lending generously even if we don't get what we lend back. It's about giving generously, even if we don't get anything back in return. And, and not just giving when someone asks, not just sort of waiting for someone to ask. It's about actively looking for opportunities to give. Actively looking for people around us who could be blessed by something that we have, whether it's money or whether it's our, our resources. Honestly, that's why I'm so excited about these bags that Bev's made and what we're doing with this thing. Because this isn't these, these bags, this opportunity to fill them with food and give them to people in need isn't my idea. It's not sort of the church's idea. This has come from Bev, from one person in our church, who in her daily walk, in her prayer, in her, her Bible, has felt compelled by the Holy Spirit of Jesus to do this. This is someone coming to us with these bags saying, could we do this? I, I, I feel led to do this. 
And I'm excited to be able to fill these bags with food because I tell you, this is an opportunity for us. Right? This isn't just, uh, I mean, this is going to be a blessing to the people who receive these bags, but these bags are an opportunity for us. They're an opportunity for us to give and to share our resources in a way that demonstrates, even if it's only to us internally, that demonstrates our trust in a generous God. It's an opportunity for me when I go shopping to say, I'm not just going to buy groceries and food for me and for my family, but I'm going to spend more and maybe a lot more to provide for someone else, for someone who I don't know, for someone who I'll probably never meet, for someone who almost certainly will never give back to me. And that's an opportunity for me to, if you like, to test and to demonstrate my trust in God. Do I trust that if I do that, there will still be enough left over for me and for mine? And you can look at these bags and you can look at them and you can give out of your surplus, as Jesus would say, out of your wealth. You know, you can give above the line and say, well, I've got everything for me now um, and I can do this with a little bit left over. But Jesus looks at that woman and he says, she gave below the line. She gave sort of out of her poverty. In other words, sacrificially, she gave something that, uh, that she needed for herself. Do you know what I'm saying? She didn't just give after she looked after. She gave before she looked after herself. And it wasn't the amount that mattered. It was the attitude that mattered. She had an attitude of generosity, of sacrificial generosity, of putting others before herself. I mean, that's why Paul says uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, that's why Paul says, each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart. Um, each of you should give, uh, no, each of you should not give reluctantly or under, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we give with a positive or a cheerful attitude. And effectively, what Paul's saying is, if you're giving because you feel like you have to, you know, whether it's giving to the church, whether it's, um, uh, you know, whether it's giving to these bag groups, it's giving to a neighbour or whatever, if you're giving because you feel like you have to, oh, God says I have to give. You know, if you're giving like it's a tax, you know, I don't really want to, but it's the law. Paul's saying, if you're going to give like that, it's better that you don't give. If you're giving because you're feeling, if you're giving, but, but in giving you're feeling worried and stressed, oh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to afford food for my family now this week. I've bought that for a friend, but oh, what about that thing that I was saving up for? Paul says, if you're going to give with that sort of attitude, if that's what's going on in your mind and your heart, it's better for you not to give because God isn't excited about the amount that you give God isn't excited if you give $20 or $200 or $2,000 or $20,000 God's excited that you trust him enough to give sacrificially and generously God's excited that you, you trust him enough to give him in inverted commas Everything. Can you see why many Christians don't talk about this story? 
It gets a bit awkward. I mean, let's be honest, it gets a bit awkward. And if I can just be honest with you for a moment, I know that this makes some people feel uncomfortable because this makes me feel uncomfortable. Because many of us say that we trust God. We sing the songs about how much we trust God. But when Jesus puts our trusting God into words like this, it gets a little awkward. Because the truth is that when we start thinking, even thinking about giving like this, many of us worry that if we give like this, we won't have enough. If we give like this, it won't work out for us. If I'm this kind of generous with my time, I won't have enough time left for me. If I'm this kind of generous with my attention and with my energy, well, I won't have enough... I won't have enough time and attention left for what I want to do. If I'm this kind of generous with my money and my resources, I won't have enough left for what I want and for what I need. And honestly, if you feel that way at all, I get it because I feel that way too. I run my own business. Um, You've ever run your own business like it's a full-time job and more than a full-time job? My business is young. I haven't drawn a proper wage in my business for over four years. I've got a wife and three children. I've got a super busy family. I'm not alone in this. I'm not saying I am. A super busy family. And then I feel with a couple of friends like God calls us to start a church. None of us get paid to lead this church. It costs us time and money and resources. So... I'm not, and I'm not saying this to this isn't about me at all. I'm just saying, if you feel that in any way, I get it. I, I honestly get it because I live with this all the time myself. I understand how awkward and how difficult this can be to read these words of Jesus and think, do I really want to do this with my life? And it's easy to skip these words. It's easy to think these words are for other people. You know, Jesus is just talking to the wealthy people, you know, because they need to be more generous and fund the rest of us, right? For our young people here, it's easy to think, oh, Jesus is just talking to the adults because they're the ones with all the money, you know? You grow up one day and be an adult and realise that you've got less money than you did when you were your age. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's all the adults are going, amen. That's a whole other thing. But at the end of the day, this isn't a question about how much you have. It's a question about how much you trust. It's a question about attitude. Do I trust that God is a generous and abundant God? Do I trust that if I give, he will provide me all that I need? Do I trust him enough to live an abundant and a generous life? Do I trust him enough to give below that line? sacrificially, not just out of my surplus and the bits that are left over. And I want to tell you, God is a generous God. He gives us and has given us everything. I mean, God didn't even hold back his own son. You know John 3.16? If you know any Bible verses, it's the one that almost everyone knows. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
God loved us so much that he gave the thing that was most precious to him, his own son. He gave that too. God is a generous God and he loves us and he cares for us and he provides everything for us. And we want to be the kind of church that trusts him enough to give back. We have a clear destination. People who are devoted to Jesus, living our lives following Jesus' example and teaching wherever we are, no matter the cost. We've got a clear path in how we want to get there, how we plan to get there. Provide an opportunity for people to experience Jesus through worship, communion and community. Focus on clear, practical Bible teaching. Empowering people to serve our community and the world. But as we say each week, none of that matters. They're just empty words on a wall if we're not living out the way of Jesus. And that means living generous, abundant lives. Giving generously of our time to others. Giving generously of our attention and our energy to other people. And giving generously of our money and our resources and the stuff that we have. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. It's the kind of people that we want to be. And I want to tell you, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I can't wait to see what God can do and will do through a community, even a small community, of radically generous people. He's changed the world before through the generosity and the abundance of his people, even a small group of people. And we believe in this church that he will do it again and he will still do it as his people come to him and give everything to him. 